Okay, so I am starting a new series this month because uh, Easter comes early this year. It's the end of March. And so we are going to talk uh, about Jesus, which we do at Easter time and the rest of the time too. But we're going to talk about his journey to the cross. But rather than just kind of go through each event, which uh, usually we do, I want to talk about how he felt. And I want to talk about um, what it must have been like for him to go through this. And, and not to be completely alone, but to be carrying this burden and know, be the only one that really knew what was going to happen. And so uh, that's the series, Feeling the Way Jesus Felt. And tonight I want to talk about that knowing. And so I want to go to John 16, 16 through 33. In a little while you won't see me anymore, but a little while after that you will see me again. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. Some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me, and I'm going to the Father? What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. So basically, the disciples uh, were with him pretty much every day for three years. And uh, they, they loved him. They worshipped him. They believed in him. But they had a human understanding of everything. And so they saw him heal people, and they saw him walk on water, and they saw him bring somebody back from the dead, and they saw this. And so you can imagine if you see somebody do that, and then the same person is like, hey, in a little while I'm going to be killed. You're like, how? Like, you literally just brought a guy back from the dead. You're not going to be killed. And it's not like not believing him, but it's like not being able to imagine what it was like, uh, what, it, what it would mean. It would be like if uh, De La Cruz was like, yeah, I might not be able to beat uh, Adam in baseball. And it's like, well, you're a professional baseball player. You know this. But it's, it's like this, this thing that they're watching, and they see him so much, and they have such a high opinion of him. And he would say a lot, especially near the end, things like, you're not going to see me anymore. And it's not that he was, uh, the reason he was saying it was to prepare them, because he knew they would be the church. He knew they would be there. And he knew that even though he had poured into them, they're going to go through a really hard time there in those first few days after he's gone, because all of a sudden everybody's after them, and everybody's asking them questions, and they're going to have doubts, and they're going to have questions. And he knew all of that. And so he would prepare them a little at a time and tell them, hey, you're not going to see me. Like, I'm going to go away. After that, you're going to see me for a little bit. And so basically, he's describing what's going to happen with the cross and the resurrection. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you're here right now. You mean you're going to go to, like, Walmart for a little bit and then come back later? You're going to go to Chicago? Like, what are you going to do? They they don't quite understand. So I want to talk about what this must have been like for Jesus. Um, he knew the plan. Like, he's part of the plan. He's eternal. He, he is God. And so forever he existed, even before he came into human form. But... While he's on earth, he lived as a human. Like he, he allowed himself to live with the same weaknesses that we have. He didn't give in to sin. He didn't give in to anything like that. But he felt temptation and he felt tired and he felt hunger uh, and he felt disappointment and sadness and all of these things. He cried. He laughed. He did all of these things. And so he loved being with his followers. And so you can imagine he knows that eventually that's going to end. And he knows that only three years. Um, we sometimes, when we talk about Jesus and we talk about his ministry, we kind of talk about it as if it took this really long time to happen because he did a lot, obviously, and he accomplished a lot and a lot of things happened. And that's the core of Christianity is those three years, but three years isn't very long. Like that's not even a full high school term. Like three years is just three years. Uh, and so when you look at it like that, like that's not a very big part of his time. That's like one eleventh of his life on earth. And so he, he knows this, and he wants to be with people. He loves people, and he loves the disciples, and he loves helping, and, and he loves teaching, and he loves healing, and he loves all of this, but he still knows that it's important for him to be the sacrifice so that 
for us so that he can give us a chance to be more. So he can give us a chance to, to find him on our own. So he can give us a chance to find our way to heaven. And so he wants the disciples to understand that and he wants to stay with them and he's feeling all of this. And so imagine that you know something that is going to happen, like something huge. And it can be something in your own life or something in the world or whatever it is. And you know for a fact this is going to happen. This isn't like a prediction or a bet or anything like that. This is like you know for a fact this is going to happen. Let's say that uh, let's say that Caden lives for like 10 more years. You're going to live way past that. But let's say 10 years from now, Caden travels back to time. And he goes to uh, Rob's house and he's telling Rob about what's going to happen in 10 years. And he needs Rob to understand and he wants him to understand. He wants him to know this and he knows for a fact. But Rob's like, yeah, this is crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, you're saying this, but I, I understand that you, you may have time traveled, but I, I don't know. This is just weird. Prove your Caden. Like, all of these different things. Like, it's this crazy situation. And, and so imagine what the frustration would be when you know for a fact this is going to happen, and you know for a fact you have this answer, and you know for a fact what somebody is going to go through, and they just do not understand. It's not that they won't listen because they're listening. It's not that they don't want to understand because they're trying, but they just can't understand. So imagine what it is like carrying that every day and carrying on top of that the knowledge that you're going to suffer tremendous pain and carrying on top of that the worry for everybody that you're going to face and knowing how much good you're doing by healing and teaching and helping, but how much more you could do. Because he didn't go that far away from Jerusalem. Like he was just in that area. And knowing what the world is like. And knowing he has so much. And knowing that he just can't quite get people to understand. Because it's just it's not normal for them to understand. Uh, and so we go to the next part. Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it. So he said, are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said in a little while you won't see me. But a little while after that you will see me again. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. Uh, and so by that, he's talking about the fact they're going to be really sad when he gets crucified. But everybody else is like, yeah, kill him, kill him. Because uh, I said this before, but when you live as a good person, when you live like Jesus, when you love God and love others, when you are, are treating others like you want to be treated, there are absolutely people that are like, this is so cool, I respect this, and this is awesome. But there are also people that are like, yeah, they think they're better than me. And they start to hate you because of that. And they think that because you are shining so bright that you're shining your spotlight on them and they feel like you're judging them even though you're not actually judging them because they feel guilty that they're not doing more. And this is something that happens in churches. And this is something that happens in sports. And this is something that happens in school. <coughs> Very rarely do people see somebody who is doing more and think, I could do more. They think, they're doing too much. And so Jesus is like, yeah, a lot of people are going to be happy, and this is going to make you even sadder. Um, and you will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. And he's talking about the resurrection there. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor when her child is born. Her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech, but soon I will stop speaking figuratively, and will tell you plainly 
all about the Father. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. Yes, I came from the Father into the world, and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. So he says, right now I'm speaking figuratively, soon I'll speak literally. Some people will sometimes be like, why didn't he just speak literally all the time? Why didn't he say exactly what he wants us to do? Well, if you've ever been in a situation where someone, uh, regardless of how they're treating you, let's say they're even treating you well, tell you exactly what you should do, and it's not quite what you want to do, you get defensive, and you get kind of frustrated, and you're like, I know what I want, I do what I want. I I've said this before about me. Um, if I am like cleaning my office and sorting things, and Rob walks by, and he's like, hey, yeah, it's about time you cleaned that, you need to clean over here, I'm pretty much going to stop cleaning, because I'm like, I don't want to do this just because he tells me, and I have this stubborn streak. And so Jesus knows that every human kind of has this stubborn streak. We want to do the right thing, but we want to do the right thing because we want to do the right thing. We don't want somebody to tell us. So if Jesus came and said, hey, you're going to go to heaven. Here's the diagram. You have to do this, and you have to do this. And, and disciples, I'm going to die and sacrifice myself, and then I'm going to come back in three days. For one, they're going to be like, that's insane. Like, I don't know if I want to follow you now because what are you talking about? But for two, they're going to be like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I, I want to do this. I want to choose. And that's what Jesus wants too, because real love only happens when you choose. And so this is another thing that he's carrying at this time. He's got to do things according to what we need. And I've talked about God's plan before, like the Old Testament. If Jesus had just come to Noah and been like, hey, I'm here, let's build a relationship, like Noah would have been murdered within the week. Like it's the rest of the world was not ready for that. And so God led them with like all of these rules and all of these laws and all these things that helped them to survive and helped them to grow to the point where Jesus could come. And then Jesus was at this point where he's helping them to see what it's like to rely on him and helping them to see what it's like from his example. If he had just skipped that and ha said like, here's what you do and then left, People do it for a couple weeks, but then they'd stop because they didn't know what it looked like. And so he had to come to show them uh, what it looked like. And so part of his journey was doing it figuratively. Because again, if he'd said it literally at the beginning, people weren't ready for that. And so he keeps sacrificing and sacrificing. And it's not just the crucifixion, which is an amazing sacrifice, but it's every day of his life was a sacrifice. Uh, he knew all of the answers that he would ask questions to, but he wanted people to learn. Because just telling them the answer doesn't help anybody. And... and so it's like in your math book, like if you look in the back, there's the answers to like every odd problem. And that's awesome. That's going to give you like at least a 50% correct rate, but you're not going to know how to do the stuff. You're just going to know how to copy stuff down. Or if you have a calculator and you do all the math on that, yeah, cool. You know how to push buttons, but you can't do the math on your own or whatever else. Like if somebody reads books to you all the time and you never learn how to read, you're never going to know how to read. And so Jesus is like, hey, I'm telling you figuratively so that you can think about it and you can learn and you can grow and you can ask the right questions and then I will lead you along. But eventually I'm going to tell you literally, not because, uh, not because I don't believe in you, but because it'll be time. Because when I'm gone, you're going to need this information. And so these are all things that he carries every day. The knowledge of his death, the knowledge of when his people are going to die, the knowledge of what they're going to face, the knowledge of what it feels like to be hated and what it feels like to be loved and what it feels like to have more power than anybody could imagine and to be able to do anything but, but to still be treated like garbage. And so he's carrying all of this, but he doesn't let it change who he is. He doesn't let it change how he teaches. Um, I would imagine most of us in the world even the best Christians you can think of, if we truly had all of the answers, like not just a faith and not just a belief, but like every, we knew everything, like we could see the future and we knew everything, we would be so frustrated and impatient with people. 
And we would be, it would come out in the way we talked. It'd be like, I've told you this seven times. Come on. What are you talking about? You have to understand this. I know this for a fact. I've seen it. And when we act like that to people, it pushes them away. And so Jesus had all of the knowledge and all of the love and all of the grace and everything, but he still showed it. Like he could have been like, I've told you this seven times, Peter. What are you doing? But instead he's like, Pete, come on. You got to get this, buddy. I love you. Let's try it again. Like he kept being patient. And that's what he's showing us. Last part of the scripture. Um, then his disciples said, at last you are speaking plainly and not figuratively. Uh, now we understand that you know everything and there's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. Jesus asked, do you finally believe? Uh, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So basically, uh, they're like, oh, we get it now. We believe you and we're never going to leave you. And he knows for a fact that all of them are going to run away. He knows that Judas is going to betray him. He knows that Peter is essentially going to betray him. He knows that Thomas is going to doubt him. He knows that all of them are going to run for their lives and not try to stop him. He knows this. And while they're telling him this will never happen, he knows for a fact it's going to happen. And again, most people, probably all people, would be like, yeah, well, you say that, but I know for a fact you're going to do this. And we'd be a jerk about it. Like, we'd be really know-it-all-y about it. And Jesus is like, I'm so happy that you get this. Just remember that when this fails, if this fails, he said it like, like when you have problems... I still love you, and don't worry, when you feel like you left me alone, I'm never alone. And then he ends by saying something for them. Uh, you're going to face a lot of bad stuff. Like, you're going to have a lot of struggles, and you're going to have a lot of tough things, but I've already gone through it. I'm going to be killed so that you, when you're killed, know that there's a way through. And even though you're not going to come back on earth like I do, you're going to understand that there's another life after this. And so everything he did was a sacrifice. And he knew all of this from the beginning, and yet he still did it. And that is such a hard thing to do. Absolutely, when we talk about the crucifixion, we're going to talk about how much physical pain it was and just how, how much suffering he went through in those days, being beaten and, and killed. But every day of his life had to be a little bit uh, sorrowful, like sad, because he always carried, he showed joy and he showed love and he knew what other people were going to face and it's so hard for him because of his love to not just say, hey, let's avoid this. Like we want people to not to learn from our mistakes. And, and so instead he showed us the example. He showed them the example. He showed them what it means to live for him. He showed them what it means to love others. He showed them what it means to treat people like you'd want to be treated. And even though it caused him pain, he did it for us because that's what love is to accept the sacrifice and to do your best to have joy and peace and hope and all of that but to still do it for others to do it for him to do it because that is what the right thing to do is and there are going to be times that we feel a little bit like him never quite because we don't know when we're going to die and we don't know all this but there are going to be times where we we know the path some, somebody is on. Like we can see from their decisions what's coming. And we're going to want so badly to stop them. We're going to want so badly to fix it. We're going to want so badly to, to make things better. But we can't. All we can do is love. All we can do is set the example. All we can do is help. And then be there when they need us. And that's what he did. And he did that not because he had to, but because he loves us. And that's all I got.